0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the Talk Dental To Me podcast, the place where you can find insightful conversations with leaders in the industry, oral care brands who are pushing the boundaries for better oral care and passionate professionals who are shaping the future of dentistry. My name is Emma and I'm your host. I'm an oral health therapist based in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome back to all my loyal listeners and a big, huge welcome to those of you who haven't been to the podcast before. So happy December, guys. I love Christmas time so much. I've always had really fond memories with my family as a child. So I'm just feeling all the good vibes right now. And if you listen to my last few episodes, you would know that I've resigned from my full-time job. And it's been a long and stressful six months, I'm not going to lie, but I did what's best for me and I left that job to focus on myself for a while. And I'm telling you guys, if you are able, a break is good. A break is great. And I'm definitely feeling myself again. I'm happier and my cortisol levels aren't running on high all day, every day. And I'm refocused coming into the end of 2022 And I'm really looking forward to my journey into 2023. And the time off has really made me reflect on what I want moving forward in my career, but also what I want in an employer. So to everyone listening, definitely don't settle just in any area of your life, not only work, because life is too short and we work in a highly physical industry. So don't forget to look after yourself so you can better look after your patients and find an employer that prioritizes your well-being. And another thing that was on my mind through my time off and I was able to reflect on was the provider number situation here in Australia for OHTs and dental hygienists. So for those of you who don't know, emails have been circulating from health funds saying they are requiring OHTs and dental hygienists to have their own provider numbers and there is a cutoff date. It's even to the point that ADOTA and the DHAA have sent out emails to their members and they're encouraging all members to apply for their provider number. And full disclosure, I actually haven't done this myself yet, but on today's episode, I have an independent oral health practitioner, the lovely Beth Urban, who owns her own clinic in East Gippsland, and she gives us the lowdown on her experience of applying for her provider number. So she just unravels the current drawbacks. There are some treatments that we can't put through yet, but also we chat about the other great pathways you can now pursue as an OHP and ones that you may have not thought of. So as always guys, if you enjoy this episode or you know someone who hasn't applied for their provider number yet, don't forget to share this episode with them. And if you're enjoying the podcast yourself, please don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on it's really appreciated. Thank you so much, everyone. Let's jump into the episode. Hey, Beth, welcome to the Talk Dental To Me podcast. How are you? Well, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. That's my absolute pleasure because I actually have had quite a few people slide into my DMs over the last couple of months with all the changes in legislation and provider numbers and just they're just wanting to know the options and what other people are doing out there. And that got me thinking, I've got the perfect person to bring onto my podcast. And I know we've been teeing this up for a while. So I'm really excited that we have finally been able to tee up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, finally. It's been a few couple of months in the working, hasn't it?
0: Before we get into the heaviest stuff for the podcast. Beth, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you studied, and what you're currently doing clinically?
1: Thank you. So, yeah, my name's Beth, Beth Irvin, and I am in Bansdale in East Gippsland in Victoria. So, I've been back here since graduating, twelve, thirteen 12, 13 years ago from Melbourne Uni. Yeah, and I've been doing mostly public health in the aboriginal health sector for the past decade or so and yeah i just sort of yeah decided to i guess do it was sort of more starting out as a side thing with a bit of hygiene and whitening and it's kind of grown from there so i have the smile studio bansdale and yeah Mm -hmm. it kind of grew and grew and yeah so now i'm doing it you know around family three or four days a week And, yeah, so that's where I'm at now. Beautiful. I'm completely fascinated with your
0: business because you've grown so much and I've just really loved watching that happen for you. So, Beth, I get a lot of people messaging me after the provider number change about their options considering opening their own practice and for you living rurally and having this amazing rural practice out in Bairnsdale what are your top tips to that person wanting to set up their own practice
1: so in my experience I just started off quite small very humbly it was more of a started out at my goal was to sort of just have it as a side business as to what I was as my public work. Yeah. And, it, but yeah, it just luckily kind of grew from there slowly, but yeah. So mm. I don't think you need to spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to get started. You could just start off with the mobile whitening or mobile hygiene going into aged care and your name just gets out there. It just builds. And people really want to start coming to see you because they can't get in anywhere else, especially where we are in our area. It is at least a couple of months wait just for a a general dental appointment. And I get almost daily calls for emergency dental visits. And unfortunately, most of the time I can't help them. But, yeah, having that preventative focus, I guess, especially for families as well with their kids, they, yeah, obviously want a a child-friendly place to bring them and, yeah just know get them checked out and know that they're okay and not have to run into that situation where they can't get an appointment anywhere and yeah so but yeah you know it just gets out there especially in a smaller town I'd imagine it'd be different for larger cities but yeah so that's been fortunate I think with living in a regional area yeah small towns yeah word spreads quite quickly and yeah just I guess another tip is just networking as best you can. It's not really easy to network in my local area with other businesses, but that's what's great about social media and just asking whoever you can, whoever you can about what they've done and how they've started yeah. out. And I'm more than happy to answer questions and have a conversation and there's more than enough room for everyone, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, a big million dollar setup it just basic is enough and it will grow from there
0: i think that's a really great mindset to have because i did quite a similar thing a few years ago just wanted to do something different and thought i would try out whitening but as you can attest to it's you know quite a lot of back end work to get something started up like that not just monetary wise, but, you know, finding what products to use and then figuring out whether you want to do mobile or rent out a space. And there's so many things that go on behind the scenes, but I think key is to start smaller and that's completely fine and then scale it as you go. And you might find you're happy sticking to mobile hygiene or mobile whitening or you might really want to ramp it up and completely work for yourself so like you, you started thinking it would be a side hustle and now you've got your own space and you're doing clear aligner treatment I've seen and going out into preschool soon so yeah. exactly what treatments are you providing at the moment just to give everyone an idea of what is possible
1: yeah it did just grow so yeah I started out just hygiene and whitening Mm. that was my goal to begin with and then it just yeah like I have a bigger scope than that so I just started introducing more things seeing more kids doing sealants simple fillings here and there yeah so yeah that's where yeah it has just kind of grown and yeah, I did a course last year, I think it was like, yeah, 18 months ago with Dr. Aiden Doherty in Sydney with anterior direct composite veneers and bonding. So that was a specific course for OHTs. So I jumped on that because I do enjoy a bit of aesthetic work, you know, fractures and things. And that kind of grew as well. So, yeah, doing cosmetic stuff as well, which complements the whitening, so there's a bit of a demand for that. Yeah, I guess more on the affordable side as well. And yeah, and to complement that, again, I really, I was thinking about approaching some orthodontists or dentists to work with them with clear aligners. And then all of a sudden a virtual smile pops up in my Instagram and I'm like, oh, this is perfect. They're just my dream come true. So yeah, an orthodontist does all the treatment plan- planning. She's based in Melbourne. And an OHT is on board with that as well. And they're just perfect. Like they, yeah, so that works so, so well. Yeah, so, yeah, it just, I don't know, just one layer upon another. Yeah, so, yeah, and now doing preschool screenings as well. That's incredible. There is, a, is a massive gap down here for that as well. We've got Smile Squad operating. I'm not sure to what capacity because, again, the workforce is lacking. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought going to preschools and doing, you know, some oral health talks and screenings and and they can come into me for follow-up work if needed as well. So, yeah, there's just so much you can do. Be patient, let it grow and, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a growth process over the last two and a half years. So, yeah.
0: Wow, that's the thing. You just got to think outside the box a little bit exactly like you've done and there are so many ways that you can grow your business increase care for the community and I think with the provider number that is now available to OHTs and dental hygienists that has really opened the door for us all how did you find the provider number application process was it easy was it hard was it pretty straightforward
1: yeah straightforward yeah I actually tried to apply a couple of years ago because I thought what is you know It was when, back a couple of years ago when all that talk was happening, you know, if they were just starting, the associations were just starting their sort of lobbying and I just thought, oh, what will happen? You know, what's the worst that can happen? So I applied back then. It was exactly the same. I, of course, got denied back then. (laughs) But, yeah, it was the same process. They just had that extra box to tick. But, yeah, that's been easy. And the claiming has been easy too. I thought, oh, it's going to be, you know, because I'm not very computer literate and all of that. But that's been, you just set up your Proto account and do, you've got HPOS through your Prota and the claiming has been easier than I thought as well. So, yeah, that's all working quite well. Yeah. Is it expensive? Is what expensive? Getting a provider number. Oh, applying for a provider number. No, there's no charge, no cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No charge for that. So,
0: yeah. Oh, great. I would have assumed that, see, I haven't applied for my provider number yet. I think I've honestly just been, I yeah. still work in, yeah, in a clinical practice as an employee. They have given me the form, but I haven't filled it out yet. But it's nice to know that it's a straightforward Process and yeah, there's no fee associated, which is even better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, simple and straightforward.
0: And so what has this changed for OHTs and dental hygienists? Because following along on Facebook pages, it's been a little bit confusing. I've seen some comments saying, oh, it doesn't really change too much. So what exactly does it change for us and what treatments can we provide now independently say if you had your own practice like you what can we claim from health insurances and so on and so forth
1: well I guess being self-employed I you know get a hundred percent of that rebate so but if you're employed at a practice I guess not too much would change you'd get your same commission Mm. you say you know I wouldn't imagine too much would change which is understandable so honestly, it's been a game changer for me with a higher revenue, but I see that as expanding into things, putting more money into my business so I can perhaps employ a dentist down the track, employer because I don't work with an assistant at the moment. I'm just solo. It's working quite well for now, but I may look mm. into the future where it will be necessary if I'm exp- – you know, because I love working with kids and I would really – Perhaps love to start a specific kids clinic, a children's clinic down the track. So yeah, but health insurance, I have had a few successfully claimed through their health insurance. So that's a grey area that I'm not understanding yet. I just say to my patients, I can't guarantee that you'll get a rebate. You can try, ask them upfront whether they accept claims from an independent mm-hmm. hygienist therapist and some have been successful. I actually don't, I've only seen about three, I think, that have all been successful. But then I've had others ask before seeing me or before claiming anything. They said, no, but it has to be a dentist. So that's a gray area. I'm not sure. So yeah, not too sure what's happening on that one, but yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know because I think as the month's roll on things will probably become a little bit more clearer or at least we hope so but it's just a win in itself having be able to apply for a provider number process in the first yeah. place a lot of advocacy has gone in the in the way of making that happen so yeah it's great for you especially in ohts and hygienists who are going out on their own so it's a win either way <laughs> and what other I was thinking earlier this week I saw a post about a, I think he was a OHT on LinkedIn. He was going out to childcare centers, as he said, providing screenings. What are some other non-traditional avenues that we can explore now, now that we can apply for provider numbers? I remember you briefly telling me earlier you're wanting to start to work with special needs children how has that been how have you made that happen
1: so that's another yeah I guess a referral based thing that's grown into my practice I was approached by a speech therapist a couple of years ago she has huge dental phobia she yeah has a lot of past trauma in a particular patient has a lot of past trauma in her life and she said Can we just see how it goes? Can she just pop in for a visit? She's fallen over, broken a tooth, and yep, sure, that is not a problem. And just, yeah, she just came in a few times and just had a look around, played with the chair, pressed some buttons, just a really casual few visits. And yeah, and then we eventually got her sitting in the chair and, you know, a slow process, but, from that, seeing that one patient, then that just brought more and more people in from the organisation. And, yeah, so a few NDIS referrals come in. Yeah, I'm seeing a family of That's so great. nine kids at the moment that are all, yeah, all have some, you know, intellectual challenges. But it's so fun, yeah. and Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah, rewarding work. So, yeah, definitely yeah would suggest going to you know approaching that's another you're like a one-stop
0: shop for I
1: feel like I do a bit too much sometimes
0: I think that's a great way to incorporate if you're starting out with mobile dentistry Whitening's the fairly, I think, easier option. But if you're really wanting to expand, then, like you said, reaching out to these service providers and going to them. And special needs, of course, is a really big area that needs our support. Aged care as well. You know, the stats in Australia right now regarding aged care and oral health you know, they tried to get more funding for it from the federal government and that didn't really happen this year. So there's a lot that needs to be done. But now that we can go off on our own, I think that's a great door for people to head down. And I think at the end of the day, You know, our job is prevention and education. And I think reaching out to these communities and providing these services, making it more accessible to them is really at the core of what we, you know, are passionate about at the end of the day, you know, educating these populations or their carers or the service providers that they attend to about oral health and, you know, how we can provide better services to them where it may be difficult to attend a, you know, traditional conventional clinic. So um, lots to think about, everybody. Exactly. Just got to think outside the box a little bit like Beth.
1: (laughs) That's the core of, you know, our training, isn't it? To go where it's really needed. And there are plenty of places to go where it's really needed. And you can benefit on your own with that. You can, you know, yeah, it's just really... Really nice to know that we can just do our own thing and help our communities.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Beth, you are so, so inspiring. I have loved watching your growth because I have been cheering you on from Melbourne right from the beginning and it's been great seeing you expand your services and getting those repeat customers and reaching out to those communities and groups that really benefit and need our services. So if anyone listening is wanting to reach out to you, how can they reach you? What are your social media handles or your business's Instagram so they can have a look?
1: Yeah. So you can find me at the, so I'm the Smile Studio Bansdale. So that's my Instagram is at bansdale and the same handle for Facebook as well. And yeah, just let me know if you've got any questions, or you know, yeah, if I can help in any way to start your own thing. I'm more than happy to help in any way. Beautiful, Beth does mentoring now, guys. <laughs>
0: She's adding that <laughs> to her plate. <laughs> <laughs> no, <just> Another <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but I really, uh, yeah, I just there is room for everyone, so yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time today, Beth. Not a problem. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Beth. I really appreciate it because I know you've got little ones at home as well and you've got patients this afternoon. So I really appreciate the time that you've spent with me and I know everyone will be inspired listening to you and your story and it's going to help people think outside the box.
1: I hope it does. Thanks so much for your chat.
0: If I'm ever in Stale, Beth, I'm going to come by. Please do, please do. <laughs> Anyone's welcome. Thank you, Beth. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Talk Dental To Me podcast. I thought this was the last episode of 2022, but I do have another episode up on my sleeve. So keep your eye out for that one. As always, don't forget to tag me at Emma Talks Teeth and at Talk Dental To Me podcast with your main takeaways or just share it on your social media if you have people that will benefit from listening to this podcast about provider numbers. As always, take care. I hope you have a really good lead up to the end of the year. We'll speak soon. Take care, guys. Bye.